I would like to welcome you here today, and I would like to also um, recognize the absence of our pastor. He's, um, he's currently in Lynchburg on service, um, so he's, um, he's definitely with, um, here with us in spirit. Amen? Amen? I would like to recognize him in his absence, and I would like to just thank the Lord um, uh, and uh, thank the Lord for the blessings upon his life and thank the Lord for the opportunity that he has given to us to serve in this vineyard. And also like to um, thank the Lord for the leadership of this church and just bless them with the blessings of the Lord. I pray that the hand of the Lord will continually be upon them. And I bless the Lord also for the membership of this church because you truly are growing from glory to glory. Amen. The hand of the Lord is truly upon you all. And by the special grace of God, we definitely know that there are greater things ahead because the presence of the Lord is here leading us into the might and the glory of his name. Amen. Even as we march on, the glory of God shall be seen. Amen. Amen. By the grace of God, I've been um, taxed with um, sharing this word with us today. The foundation of God's throne. Righteousness. The foundation of God's throne. Turn to your neighbor and say, righteousness, the foundation of God's throne. Righteousness, the foundation of God's throne. Now, what's, what's a foundation? What's a foundation? Webster's defines a foundation as a basis upon which something stands or is supported. An underlying base or support. A body or ground upon which something is built or overlaid. In other words, it's a hard surface. It's something that you can plant your feet on. You can plant your feet on. Now, what is righteousness? Righteousness speaks of our legal standing. Righteousness speaks of you being right with a particular body or an organization, it means that you are obedient to whatever laws have been put in place. Righteousness is a legal word. Now, there are two types. You have the positional and the professional. The positional righteousness is what Christ has fulfilled for us. That's why the scriptures say that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And then what we profess as a profession, professional righteousness, is what you do, the acts that you do. That's why Jesus, when he was walking upon the face of the earth, said something. He said, when you do your acts of righteousness, do not do it like the Pharisees do it. Do not let people know what you do. In other words, there are things that are acts of righteousness. It is what you profess. For example, when you say, what's your profession? It's, it's, that's what you do, not what you confess. So it is what you do that is accounted to you for righteousness. That is why the scriptures say in 1 John, it, it, it said that he that worketh righteousness is righteous. So righteousness is something that you do. Said, do not let do not anyone be deceived. It is those who work it that are it. Righteousness according to the kingdom. Righteousness according to the kingdom. 
are the things that we do that represent the kingdom and show that you are in right standing with the kingdom. The things that we do that make us seem like we are in right standing with the kingdom. And John the Baptist, you know, when he was walking on the face of the earth, and then people went to meet him and asked, what shall we do that we might attain the kingdom? And then his acts of righteousness, his acts of righteousness, he told them not to cheat, not accuse people falsely. He said that they should share what they have. In other words, it was all about love. Righteousness according to the kingdom is obeying the royal law of love. The royal law of love. Now we're just going to quickly go through 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and see what that scripture says. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Now it's, it's a very common scripture. We're just going to go through it quickly. I beg your pardon, 2 Corinthians chapter 13. First Corinthians chapter 13. Now I read quickly. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burnt, but have not love, it profits nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away with. Love is the perfection of the kingdom. Love is the perfection of righteousness. Love. In Matthew chapter 24, verses 31 to uh, 46, we see Jesus talking about the parable of the sheep and the goats. Matthew 24, 31 to 36. Now, in the parable of the sheep or the goats, we see the Lord separating the sheep from the goats. Okay, I have the wrong, the wrong uh, scripture there. We see the Lord separating the sheep from the goats. 
And then he said, when I was poor, you came to me. When I was in prison, you visited me. When I was down, when I was naked, you clothed me. When I had nothing, you were there. And then they said, Lord, when did we do all these things? He says, then the, Lord, the, the, then the righteous said unto the Lord, said, when did we do all these things? He said, inasmuch as you have done it to one of these, you did it unto me. In other words, when we do something of value in the kingdom, when we act righteously according to the kingdom, then we are doing it unto the Lord. Amen. Righteousness, the foundation of God. So why is righteousness important? Righteousness protects the life source of the Christian. In Ephesians chapter 6, it calls, it calls uh, righteousness the breastplate. The breastplate. In other words, it's a protecting of the heart. A protection that is placed upon the heart. Now, we know that the vital important thing that the heart does is to pump, pump blood. Is to pump life through the body. Now, without the flowing of blood, there is no life. Why? The scripture says that the life of a man is in the blood. So, once there is no life in the blood, when there is no life flowing through the body, that body is dead. Without the function of the heart, there is no body. There is no life. So the, the enclosure, the breastplate, covers the heart, protects the man, protects the life of the man. That's why the scripture says that we should guard our hearts with all diligence. For out of it flows the issue of life. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23. Out of the heart, out of the heart. In Matthew chapter 15 verse 19, it says that for out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and, and slander. But the Lord weighs the hearts. Now, I can say one thing, and it could be interpreted two ways. I can come over to my brother here and say, there is something that someone's doing that is really of, um, that's really upsetting me that I think that we need to pray about because it's affecting people in church and then because of the motive behind that that same word it's recognized as righteousness because you want to bring order to the church now I can still come and say that exact word, exact word the same way but because of the motive behind it it's not righteousness the Lord weighs the hearts. He weighs the hearts. Righteousness exalts a nation. But sin is a reproach to a people. Righteousness exalts a nation. America as a nation has become so powerful because it has always fought for what was right. And America has been exalted. Now, if America changes its ways, the scripture says, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to a people. Amen? Amen? Amen. 
In Psalm chapter 19, verse, uh, Psalm chapter 18, uh, Psalm 89, verse 14. It says, righteousness and justice are the foundation of the kingdom. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of the kingdom. God is more interested in us doing righteousness. God is more interested in us performing acts of righteousness. That is his desire for us. Another important thing is you cannot separate righteousness from justice. A man that does righteousness does justice. And when you think about it, you think of righteousness as a building. The Lord is our righteousness. We are planted in him, hidden in him. Now, because it has called him as a building, thank you very much. You recognize that without righteousness or foundation, that building cannot stand. He has said that righteousness is the foundation of his throne. Justice is the foundation of his throne. Now, if that is taken away, what will happen? That's why the scripture says, if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Now, it also tells you something. If Christ be our building, our secret place, that means we must always be found in him to be secure. It also tells you that righteousness and justice must be your foundation because the foundation of the, of the building must be the foundation of those who stand and occupy that building. Once you transfer and leave, that foundation cannot be transferred with you. How many of you have wanted to build, like let's say you've built a house and you want to build another house. You go to your neighborhood and you say, I intend to remove this foundation to use in my new house. And then the people come, the neighbors come and say, is this man, let's feel his temperature, is he okay? No, I intend to take the foundation of this building for my, my new, I, this is the foundation I want. But I don't want to live in this house. It's not possible. You have to build and create a brand new foundation for a new home. Once you leave Christ, that foundation cannot be transferred. You have to always be secure in him and allow that foundation to be the rock of your life. Amen? Amen. You cannot separate righteousness from justice. You can't. Another importance is this. Before God uses a man, he looks for one quality, righteousness. Before he uses a man, he always looks for those who desire to be right according to the law. Always. Because that is what his kingdom is founded on. His kingdom is founded on righteousness and justice. And because his kingdom is founded on righteousness and justice, we have an accuser that will accuse us if we do not walk in righteousness and justice. Because everything that is done within the scriptures must be done according to what he has laid as the foundation. Righteousness and justice. Righteousness and justice. Before he looks, he uses a man, he looks for that one quality. If you look at Abraham, Abraham, 
Abraham in Genesis chapter 13 was the leader of his household. God had already told him to move. He had moved. He moved and Lot was with him. Now, a quarrel began between Abraham and, uh, Abraham's servant and Lot's servant. They separated and parted ways. Yet, even in that parting of ways, when Lot was captured, Abraham still called his servants and went to fight for the for, for, for Lot to bring him and set him free. He did not have any hard feelings. He still wanted righteousness. He wanted to ensure that nothing, no harm came on Lot. Amen? A man desiring to do the right thing, to walk in love. You also see that he interceded for Lot when God desired to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. A man truly after the heart of God. You see, and another example is Paul. Paul spoke of himself. If it were to, if he were to speak about a righteousness according to the law, he was perfect. We see the reason why God chose him. You think about Peter, James, and John. They gave up things that were used for their own liveliness to a stranger to preach even when they had nothing to gain. They expected nothing in return for their selfless act. When he spoke about Nathaniel, he said, Behold, an Israelite in whom there is no guile, a pure person, what you see is what you get. Righteousness. Righteousness. No hidden agenda, no hidden motive. Righteousness. Righteousness. Another importance is this. God boasts of those who walk in righteousness. He makes his boast of them. Have you seen my servant Job? He said it twice. Job chapter 1 verse 8 and Job chapter 2 verse 3. Have you seen him? How he walks in righteousness. And you know, when, when Job was even talking about himself, when, when he was trying to compare his righteousness to the righteousness of God, which was his mistake, he said he was one who gave. He said he could even melt butter on his feet. He gave to the poor. He was very, very, very liberal. Have you seen my servant Job? Even when he was boasting of Abraham, he said, I know Abraham. He will command his children and his household to walk in the covenant. He was a man who recognized righteousness. So he said, I know my servant Abraham. He will speak the right things and do the right things. He will command them in the right way to go. I know my servant Abraham. Have you seen my servant Job? I believe the Lord is saying something about you here. Have you seen my servant Rose Love? Have you seen my servant Eric? Have you seen my servant Tammy? Have you seen my, my servant? Put your name there. It is God's desire to boast about us. But how much are we doing to walk in righteousness? 
How much are we desiring to affect the life of God in us? How much are we desiring? The third point is this. A righteous man may fall, but he never gets knocked out. A righteous man will fall, but he never gets knocked out. You said weeping may enjoy for a night, but joy comes in the morning. A righteous man may fall, but he will never get knocked out. Talk to your neighbor and say, I might be down. It is just for a season. I might be down, but the Lord is doing something. Something is about to happen. My change is coming. The Lord is on my side. And if the Lord be on my side, who can be against me? My change is coming. The greatness of God is about to shine. The glory of God is about to come. The might of God is about to appear. I might be down, but you won't see me there for long. For the joy of the Lord is raising me up in the name of Jesus. I might be down, but I'm not yet knocked out. I might be down, but I'm not knocked out. Another thing is this. It gives us the attention of God. Have you seen my servant? There were a lot of people. For those of us who are not aware, Job and Abraham were contemporary. They lived in the same time. But he said, have you seen my servant of Job? See the selection. See the boast. It gives us God's attention. He says, I have been young. Now I'm old. I have never, never, never seen the righteous forsaken. Not his righteous descendants begging bread. It gives you God's attention. He said, Elijah was a man with like passions. Like passions. There were times he didn't feel like praying. There were times he didn't feel like moving. There were times he got tired. There were times he even said, God, kill me. There were times he didn't know where his next meal would come. But because of his righteousness, he had the attention of God. You know the beautiful thing about it? Even when he was saying he was the only one who was righteous. Do you know what happened? He said, I have 7,000 more. In other words, 7,000 more had gained the attention of God through their acts of righteousness. The factual fervent prayer of a righteous man, it avails much because God gives his attention. The righteous man is surrounded with an invisible hedge. This man will be laughing because he was basically preaching the sermon during prayer. He surrounds a man with an invisible hedge. You see, turn to your neighbor and tell them, I am not normal. Turn to your neighbor and say, what you are seeing is not what you are really seeing. If God were to open your eyes, 
if God were to open your eyes, you will see something around me that is impenetrable, that is covering the glory. You see something? You might look ordinary, but everyone knows in the invisible realm that there is something about you. There is something about you because you are the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God. In Job chapter 1 verse 10, the devil said, have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all, the, all that he has on every side? He surrounds you with an invisible hedge. But now, this is what you need to take care of. Righteousness. It protects only those who walk in righteousness. My sister's righteousness can't protect me. My wife's righteousness can't protect me. In fact, it is dangerous for you to be unrighteous and live with a righteous person. It is, I'm telling you, it's better the both of you are the way you are or the both of you are right. It is dangerous for a person who is righteous to live with an unrighteous person. Go through the scriptures, you would see constantly. Look at Job. Those that were around him, all his children. Because of him. Because God made a boast. Foundations cannot be transferred. It is a covenant for each person. Let's look at Ezekiel chapter 14 verses 12 to 20. Now while you keep going through Ezekiel chapter 14, you would see Ezekiel repeating the same thing again and again and again and again. Ezekiel chapter 14 verses 12 to 20. Are we there yet? Then the word of the Lord came again to me saying, Son of man, when the land sinneth against me by trespassing grievously, then will I stretch out my hand upon it and will break the staff of the bread thereof and will send famine upon it and will cut off the man and beast from it. Though these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it. They should deliver but their own souls by their righteousness. See the Lord. Continue. Their righteousness will protect them. If I cause noisome beasts to pass through the land and they spoil it so that it be desolate but that no man may pass through because of the beasts. Though these three men were in it as I live. Now you see when God says as I live. As I live say the Lord. God, they shall deliver neither sons nor daughters. They shall be, they shall, they, they only shall be delivered. But the land shall be desolate. Now, if you keep reading down, he keeps saying, if these three men, now it shows you how God boasts about Noah. For Noah to have been the only man, the only man that God saved in a generation, he tells you about the righteousness of the man. He's boasting about Noah, he's boasting about Job. And he's posting about 
Daniel. In all the scriptures. Remember, David had been born back then. All these people, Moses had been born back then. But he boasts about Job, Daniel. And the interesting thing was, Daniel was still alive when Ezekiel was writing this. They were contemporaries. And Daniel was alive and God was boasting about Daniel to Ezekiel. Righteousness. He says, if anything comes, it will only protect them. But it will protect even those closest to them. Guys, when you hide in Jesus, make sure that he is your eternal foundation. Make sure that he is the one whom you live in. Make sure that you do not transfer your residence from him. Because foundations can't be transferred. And if you read further, he says, the righteousness that they have done, if they turn back, he will not remember it. If a righteous person turns from their righteousness and commits iniquity, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die. Don't forsake the foundation of righteousness. It is the foundation on which the kingdom of God is built. And because the Lord ensures that he obeys the laws of... You see, when we think about the scriptures, when Jesus came, when Jesus came, he obeyed the foundation of righteousness as contained in the scriptures. Every single thing he did was in obedience to what God has, had already written. Though he was the living word, he submitted to his parents. Though he was the living word, he honored them. Because the word of God, whether they are written in the commandments or whether they are uttered by him, his word is forever. Because the Lord said, honor thy parents, he honored them. It was not yet time for him to work miracles. He said, woman, it is not yet my time. But yet he honored her at the wedding of Galilee, in Cana of Galilee. He was the one who was meant to baptize John the Baptist. Yet, he received the baptism. Why? Because he knows that you have to receive ministry from others before you start. No man is an island. He followed the righteous ways that he himself established because the laws were written by him and about him. Make righteousness your foundation. Make righteousness your foundation. When righteousness is your foundation, there will be order. There will be order. It's not about how you feel, but about what God has said. About what God has decreed. And once we are willing and obedient, what does he say? You will eat the best of the land. But it requires a willingness and an obedience. Let's rise up on our feet.